You're listening to the Live Free Now podcast, bringing you the news, views, tips, and tools you can use to live a free, prosperous, and healthy life. Find us online at livefreenow.show. And now your host, John Bush. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Live Free Now show, bringing you the news, views, tips, and tools you can use to live a free, prosperous, and healthy life. And today, I'm going to be talking about the Greater Reset Activation, an event that just took place virtual and in-person with all sorts of watch parties all across the globe. And this event was super critical um, very many people attended. In fact, we had over 150,000 or 160,000 people come through the website during the event. Thousands and thousands of people were streaming live. And essentially what the event was all about was the Great Reset is taking place in Davos. Well, the Great Reset took place in Davos, and that's the World Economic Forum's big meeting, and they rolled out this marketing plan to essentially push a New World Order 2.0. We're going to talk about that here in a sec. And I wanted to, myself and Derek Bros and the community that helped us, we wanted to offer a counter to, to what was being presented. It was, it's all about control and surveillance and bad news bears technology. And we are offering an alternative, a better way forward, in my opinion. And really, that's what the Greater Reset was all about. So we're going to break that down. We're going to cover some of the highlights from the event. We're also going to update you on some of the stuff that took place during the Great Reset, during the Davos meeting, the World Economic Forum stuff. And then the most important thing that I want to impart on you today is I want to help with some tips and strategies that can help you to integrate everything that you learned that week. If you haven't visited or checked out the content yet, you can go to the great thegreaterreset.org, thegreaterreset.org. Let's get right down to it. The Greater Reset. I want to invite you to check out the website if you haven't. And if you did check out the event, it was last week, uh, Monday through Friday. If you, if you missed the event, head on over to thegreaterreset.org. And we have all of the replays there for you to check out thegreaterreset.org. You go to replays here, and each one of the days will have all of the stuff there linked up to Odyssey. So really what we were hoping to do, and I think we managed to accomplish that based on some of the feedback that we got after the event, we wanted to present people with some ideas and alternatives and solutions. There's so much chatter and there's so much talk about the problem and everyone gets freaked out, they get disillusioned, they get overwhelmed. And there's so much time that's spent on social media, myself included, I'm trying to pull back from the social media. My girlfriend actually removed Facebook from her smartphone, which I thought was pretty bold. And she has had more time to focus on sales trainings and her business and herself. But everyone spends so much time on social media and it's just like a bunch of arguing and bickering and sharing about the problem and complaining with the big tech censorship that's taken place more recently on Facebook and Twitter, 
right? A lot of people shifted over to these alternatives like MeWe and a whole lot of people are on Telegram. And we do a lot of our Freedom Cells organizing on Telegram. Uh, you can check that out at freedomcells.org. I'll talk about that here in a little bit. And I've noticed that if you don't moderate a group and have some pretty committed administrators, there's a tendency to just share, part of my French, but bullshit and articles and memes and videos and images. And it's just all talking about the problem. And then that whole like Lynn Wood and Q thing was going on. Thankfully, that seems to be dying down a little bit. Although apparently on March 4th, Trump's going to take up his position as the rightful president of the United States. Um, that date is going to come and go just as all the other dates have come and gone. But the point I'm trying to make is we really don't have time and energy for all of the BS and nonsense and the back and forth and the debating and the sharing and the posting and the tweeting and the commenting about, about the problem. And, you know, when you're really focused on solutions or you are an activist out there doing stuff or you live on a permaculture farm or you are homeschooling and raising your children or you're running your own business, honestly, you don't really have a lot of time for all that, for all the debating and fighting and sharing of articles. And so what we wanted to do with the Greater Reset, the Greater Reset Activation, we called it an activation. We wanted to provide people with solutions and not just solutions, but in inspire people to action so they can take those solutions and they can implement them in their lives. We broke up the days um, into five different days with the bonus day of solutions, and we kind of coincided with what the Great Reset was doing with what the World Economic Forum was doing. So let's break down a little bit about what's going on uh, with the World Economic Forum and where they're at. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. You can check us out at livefreenow.show. That's where you could subscribe to the podcast, livefreenow.show. We have all the audio versions. If you're a podcast person, you like to listen in your car or while you work on projects or whatever, each one of the days, they were around three and a half hours. They're all uploaded here as audio. And you can also subscribe to the podcast that you're listening to right now, Spotify, Apple, Google, or Stitcher. Quick shout out as well to one of our sponsors, mybravebotanicals.com. Check out mybravebotanicals.com. If you're listening to, listening to us on one of the Conscious Resistance channels, go to bros.freeounceofkratom.com, bros.freeounceofkratom.com. And if you want to support The Greater Reset and also want to get some awesome plant medicine, you can go to thegreaterreset.org and then click on support our work. We offer a Kratom, helps people with stress, anxiety, helps people quit opioids and opiates. You can go to freeounceofkratom.com and get a free ounce. This is it. Just pay $5 shipping and handling. We recently added Delta 8 products, Delta 8 THC. These are blueberry gummies, 25 milligrams each. They feel absolutely amazing. This is a 20-pack. And we have Delta 8 flour, which is a CBD flour that has Delta 8 distillate. You can get this all at mybravebotanicals.com one of our sponsors. But let's chat a little bit about what went down last week in Davos. So normally the World Economic Forum, which is this super elite group, they meet in Davos every year for their World Economic Forum meetup. It's called the Davos Agenda. It's also called the Davos Group. These people that that are trying to control the world and control everyone's lives. And they had a lot of, of things to say. And it's all centered around, most of it's all centered around technology and not the liberating side of technology, as we talked about on Thursday at the event, but 
how technology can be leveraged in order to track, trace, and control. So they're doing their work, and they say they are doing all of this to help the environment and to help overcome poverty. And of course, I don't want to see environmental problems. I don't want to see people living in poverty. But their solutions are all centralized, top-down, hierarchical, and all about control. And of course, when it comes to environmental problems, the global elite have been pushing this agenda as though carbon is the great enemy of humanity and enemy of civilization, when in reality, like carbon makes up all life forms and carbon helps things to grow and people live off of carbon. And it's kind of weird when life is being demonized now. And so a lot of what the Great Reset aims to do is wrapped up around this whole carbon and cap and trade and carbon tax agenda. And we are going to see the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset wants to see entire businesses and industries shaped and reshaped and changed so that profit is no longer a or self-interest is no longer a leading motivator for action. Rather, control and minimizing carbon output is. And we're going to see these new markets spring up for trading carbon credits, right? And it's going to be a huge focus. And where this technology and this track and control, track and trace scheme comes in is they want to leverage technology, blockchain technology included, which I'll talk about here in a sec, in order to analyze all the data and see what areas, what industries, what businesses, what cities, what households, what individuals are going over their daily carbon allotment, their carbon output allotment. And it's really some scary stuff that's taking place. But the point that we wanted to make at this Greater Reset event is that we are powerful human beings. And when we are on the same page, when we switch our perspective to one of fear and scarcity to one of empowerment and abundance, we can really make some cool stuff happen. And that's what we're hoping to do. But I wanted to talk about some of these, some of these highlights here. Here's an article from peoplematters.in. I don't know what the deal is with People Matters, but it seems like it's just towing the party line. Highlights from the World Economic Forum's Davos Agenda. Digitalization and job creation is one of the big things. They, they want to shift the way uh, employment and work takes place, not going to the office, less manufacturing and production, all being replaced by AI and robotics and uh, digital meeting spaces, so to speak. That was a huge thing. There's this whole effort to reskill things, the reskilling revolution. And one of the speakers on Tuesday, Julianne Romanello, I had previously interviewed her on the Live Free Now show. She gave us some pretty in-depth insights as to how this reskilling revolution is taking place and how the Great Reset aims to create new skills and leverage new labor markets that will go and fulfill the uh, rank and class in this new fourth industrial revolution, which aims to merge biology and technology and fill the seats in all of these jobs 
in robotics, artificial intelligence, drone technology. So that's really what the reskilling revolution is all about. And that's a lot of the stuff that they talked about. They had CEOs come in and, and report on the digital. COVID has compressed years of digital transformation over the last couple months. This is the CEO of LinkedIn, Ryan Rolansky. It's no surprise we're seeing huge move into digitalization. Rolansky says LinkedIn projects 150 million new tech jobs to be created globally over the next five years, including in software development, product management, and AI. There's also increased demand around pandemic-driven roles in healthcare and education. So another big topic was vaccines. And one of the topics was vaccine multilateralism. There was also a lot of talk about trust. And a lot of these Davos folks, the Davos class, they are concerned about a lack of trust in these institutions, institutions of government, government, institutions of higher learning, institutions of mega corporations, uh, and the vaccines as an institution, this whole concept of, of vaccinating. And, you know, a lot of people are always encouraged us not to not to refer to the COVID-19 vaccine as a vaccine, because really it's a new experimental technology that's being rolled out globally on a massive scale. It's really quite frightening. Uh, somebody at a Freedom Cell meeting in Austin recommended we call it the, the toxin. And uh, thanks for your comments here. Thanks for everyone tuned in live. Jorge says, Si importante transmitir en español para hablar hispano. Lo siento, Jorge. Uh, es muy importante. Uh, hablo poquito español, pero no mucho y technical details or whatever. But uh, we do have, Jorge, we have, uh, hay personas que transcribir, transcribed uh, el Great Reset videos en español uh, a, a la website thegreaterreset.org, thegreaterreset.org. Muchos um talks many of the videos as in Espanol uh, thegreaterreset.org. Um, so the vaccine thing is huge and they're realizing, and I think this is actually a great sign that the powers that be or the powers that wish they were are having to work so hard to convince people to take the vaccines. Now, mind you, the masses are rolling up their sleeves and I just I drove past a big vaccine mega site the other day off the side of one of the highways near where I live. And there was cars lined up, police cars there. It looks like a huge to do. But at the same time, there's a lot of people and more people than they would prefer that are resisting, that are hesitant. Right. Even people in my own inner circle and people that I'm that I've grew up with are like, I don't know about that vaccine. This is kind of weird. Um, I think that's a good sign. And so one of the big topics that was discussed at the Great Reset at this Davos meetup, this virtual Davos meeting, was building trust in these institutions and rebuilding trust. And they want to see vaccine multilateralism where they're concerned about first world countries hogging up all the vaccine. Then you have global distribution and equal redistribution across all countries. That was a big topic. But Again, a lot of their stuff, we can gain insights and inferences from the language that they're using, and they're really concerned about a lack of trust. So let that be let that be something that makes you feel good about the prospects for liberty in the future, that these globalists, these super powerful people that used to just run the show and nobody even knew about it, they're being exposed left and right, and people are waking up to the agenda. 
So that's good. Now, one of the big things that was talked about is central bank digital currencies. This is from the World Economic Forum's actual website. Key takeaways on digital currency from the Davos agenda. Digital currencies are poised to have an impact on the financial system. About 86% of central banks are exploring the benefits and drawbacks of central bank digital currency. Leaders in blockchain came together at the Davos agenda to discuss the required levels of regulation and prerequisites for financial inclusion, design, governance, and provision of sufficient liquidity are among the key principles that are important to get right. Let me see. They mentioned trust also in this article. So they say, uh, Her Majesty the Queen Maxima, queen of what country? Oh, my God. Regarding digital currency, Governor Bailey said, no, we have not landed on the design, governance, and arrangement for a lasting digital currency. Cryptocurrencies, as originally formulated, are not it because people need assurance that their parent, their payments are made in something with stable value. Acknowledging lessons from history, Her Majesty Queen Maxima summarized three key design principles that are important to get right. A design of the currency that makes it stable and flexible a governance regime that instills trust in the currency and the provision of sufficient liquidity and some sort of stable backing. Now, this just brings up all sorts of stuff to talk about here because it's so strange. And again, uh, trust was a big topic at the, at the Davos agenda. And it's as though, it's as though these fools are just not rooted in reality because so many people are losing trust in the system, right? It's like, and again, the masses often go along to get along. The masses, like the the masses are the big body of people that just do their job, come home, have a beer, take the kids to the ballpark, so on and so forth, and then just go on, right? And, you know, at the end of the day, whatever. If that's how people want to live, then they have every right to live that way. But the masses never really changed the course of history. They just go along to get along. But there's more and more people on the fringes of the masses that are joining the remnant, those people that are going to pick up society and rebuild anew when society collapses, or we're going to go ahead and rebuild society, a new society now as the other one cripples slowly but surely around us. But it's like, everyone's like, well, that medicine isn't FDA approved, so I possibly can't take it or trust it. I read an article on WebMD that said I should avoid taking Kratom, for example, right? But then there's a whole lot of people that are like, oh, wow, it's not FDA approved. Maybe there's some value to it then. Maybe I should check it out, right? Just the same thing like, well, uh, our banking institution is federally insured by the FDIC, so you can rest assured that there won't be any bank runs or when you come to pull money out of the bank, that money will be there, right? And then we had the 2007-2008 housing crisis where banks failed, where people lost their butts off on all sorts of bets and people couldn't afford their mortgages because they got laid off, all sorts of problems. And then when it comes to cryptocurrency, they're like, well, we need the government, a governance regime that instills trust in the currency. The reason why cryptocurrency is taking off right now, Bitcoin and Ethereum especially, is because people don't trust the government to manage the money supply because the government has been doing a terrible job at managing the money supply because governments and central banks inflate the currency completely willy-nilly of their own whims whenever there's a crisis, whenever there's not a crisis, whenever the discount window gets opened up and they bail out banks. 
And that's the reason why all sorts of money and now smart money and big institutional money and big hedge funds are flooding away from the U.S. dollar and into cryptocurrencies precisely because people don't trust government. But these arrogant fools in the World Economic Forum somehow think that, well, we can only have a crypto. The only way a cryptocurrency can work is if some sort of government backs it or the government lends legitimacy to it. They just don't get it. And that's the beauty of it. These people are so dense and so full of themselves that they make themselves vulnerable and weak and they not they're not thinking strategically right it may appear as though they have all the power but they operate through deception they operate through deceit they operate through false flag activities and it's not working anymore what's what's working is peace and freedom and Mutually Beneficial Voluntary Association, beautiful things. Uh, Sasha Benendetti, who is watching on Facebook, says, how do we found out, find out more about forming Freedom Cells? Well, the first thing you do is join the Freedom Cell Network at freedomcells.org. That's freedomcells.org. You can sign up. You can register. You can find cells in your area. We invite you to check out the Telegram cells. There's a big group with 1,400 people globally. That's a great place to get tapped in and to find people in your area to get uh, linked up with local groups. And here in a sec, when I talk about tips and strategies, I need to shift to that soon because I don't want to talk about the problem the whole time. I'll talk about some tips and strategies that you can use in order to grow your Freedom Cell group or uh, find others. So cryptocurrency and digital currency, it all was created by this person, pseudonym Satoshi Nakamoto. He, she, they, them, who knows? And they unleash this new technology onto the world, Bitcoin, a digital cryptocurrency that is decentralized in nature, right? And throughout history, there has been a ledger. People have used ledgers. Banks have used ledgers. Companies have used ledgers. Governments have used ledgers. These ledgers keep track of tabs on who owns what, on what transactions have taken place. Imagine... Um, Cindy has seven units. John has two units. Cindy gives two units to John. John now has four units and Cindy has five units, right? There's a public ledger, but all throughout history, you had to trust a third party in order to maintain that public ledger. And oftentimes, as was the history with banking, where first it was like, we're going to trade these bars of gold. We're going to trade these gold and silver coins. And then it was like, well, that's kind of inconvenient. I don't want to travel across the country holding all this gold. It's not safe. It's heavy. So maybe a bank could hold that gold and issue paper notes, but we couldn't trust the bank because the banks soon started inflating that money supply and they issued more paper notes than they had gold. This was the birth of fractional reserve banking and you can't trust those institutions. So cryptocurrency, Bitcoin created this new innovative concept of a blockchain where you have a ledger, but it's distributed across all sorts of different computers and servers. And you don't have to trust one central institution. You can simply trust because everyone has consensus that the ledger is kept accurately and it's updated and it gets spread out to all of these different de decentralized and distributed servers. This is an amazing technology. This technology is simultaneously liberating in the hands of freedom lovers and cypherpunks and crypto anarchists. But this technology, cryptocurrency, blockchain technology in the hands of World Economic Forum, globalist central banks uh, can be pretty problematic. And as we see, digital currencies and cryptocurrency and blockchain technology is going to be utilized in major ways by the Davos class uh, for the Great Reset. One of the ways, as we talked about earlier, Sorry, my hat's kind of tight here. 
Uh, as we talked about earlier, a lot of the Great Reset agenda has to do with tracking and tracing and controlling uh, as a means of helping to mitigate poverty and as a means of helping the environment. A great example is a technology called MyPass that's being rolled out here in the city of Austin, my hometown. This is part of the Austin Technology and Development Fund, some, something like that. Essentially, tax-exempt foundations come in and give tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars in grants to cities and their private sector partners. And what they're doing with MyPass is they want to create a blockchain-based digital identity that they will roll out to all of the homeless people in the area in order to track and trace and better and more effectively issue um, social welfare programs. This is what they say they want to do. Now, of course, they start off. And again, that's just underscores. We're here with the Great Reset. We want to help mitigate poverty, right? But ultimately, they want to usher in and roll out this blockchain-based digital identity for all of humanity when you're born. And then the blockchain technology is a good technology for tracking and tracing and keeping information that makes it easily accessible by other institutions. It's all there. It can't be changed. And so at the same time, this technology can liberate people in that you can, with a, with a decentralized blockchain, you can have access to your currency, to your money, to your value. You can exchange that currency with anyone in the world, and there's nothing any government can do about it. Now, mind you, a government can issue a law and say it's illegal unless you check in with us to send money or if you buy cryptocurrency on an exchange and they send it to a private wallet that's not tracked and traced. We don't have your identity tied to it. Then you, you can't do that. That's a no-no, but you still have the choice to obey or comply or not. It's still your choice to do such. And never before have we had that freedom of choice, which is a very beautiful thing. Just the same when it comes to information. You can put up a video like this video on YouTube. I imagine I'll get to act someday, but not yet. And thankfully, the channel's growing, so that's good. But eventually, all this content is going to be scrubbed and censored from YouTube. And so YouTube is owned by Alphabet Incorporated, the Google parent company. And eventually, I think that's what it's called. Eventually, uh, the data is going to be scrubbed because it's a centralized institution. Well, Blockchain technology, specifically a technology called Library, and we spoke with Andrew Kaufman, the CEO of Library, LBRY.TV. Uh, we spoke with him on Thursday during the Greater Reset. You can find it at thegreaterreset.org, the replay section. He shared with us about this library video streaming service where you can upload videos and it's put on a decentralized blockchain, meaning no one can take it away from that. No one can scrub it. No one can delete it. You see? So at the same time, blockchain technology can be used to track, trace, and control. It can also be used to liberate and give us total ownership and control over our money and total ownership and control of our information. But the question is, do, 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 how are we going to use it? And are we going to rise to the occasion, right? There's this struggle. There's a power struggle. It's like blockchain technology comes onto the scene. And then all the crypto anarchists, libertarians, voluntarists are like, wow, this is great. Let's use it. And then all of the globalists in the World Economic Forum, the Davos class are like, wow, this is great. Let's use it. So we can't just be like, oh, blockchain, it's being used by the globalists. Therefore, it's bad. No, we should be like, hey, we're really empowered people and we see the benefit of this technology. Therefore, we're going to take it and run with it and do lots of cool stuff with it. So that's the paradox. I want to do a whole video on blockchain because I've been a 
been in a blockchain for quite some time since 2011, 2013. And there's a whole lot of people that are um, uninformed and misled when it comes to blockchain and cryptocurrency. And because they're researching the Great Reset and they have come to learn that the Great Reset and part of the agenda is to leverage blockchain technology, they think that it's bad. But at the same time, many of these people are complaining that their information and their research is being scrubbed from centralized institutions and centralized servers. Uh, that blockchain technology could benefit them greatly and make sure that their information stays available and accessible. So those are just some of the things that I wanted to share. Uh, you can research all this stuff. The Great Reset has the Great Reset in the World Economic Forum website. Let me just hit one more article. This is uh, from the World Economic Forum's website. These are the top impacts from the Davos agenda. Here are 11 of the top impacts from the forum and its partners announced during the Davos agenda, responding to the COVID-19 pandemic. Of course, this is all, the Great Reset is all, they're leveraging the COVID-19 pandemic in so many ways. And it's really masterful how the lockdowns and the contact tracing and the fear and the division and the economic problems that are surfacing, not because of the pandemic pandemic, but because of the government's response. It's very, it's almost too perfect for this all to taken place. And then, of course, we know Event 201, the Rockefeller Foundation, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, uh, World Economic Forum participated. And then even before that, Rockefeller's lockstep uh, scenario back in 2010, I think it was, that was released. It's it's as though this stuff has already been predetermined, pre-planned, predestined, and they're just masterfully executing it in order to further their agenda. Well, at the same time, we can complain about that. We can share articles about that, like I started the podcast with, right? Or we can say, hey, maybe it presents an opportunity for we, the people, to do some really cool stuff too. How about that, right? It's all about perspective and mindset. We need to shift our mindset to one of victimhood, to one of empowerment. That's really what it's all about. And that was the big thing that we were trying to do with the Greater Reset. All right. They want to bring racial justice to the workplace, which sounds all fine and peachy until they start tracking and tracing and controlling what it is that you say and what you think all throughout the way. You know, it's it's like it just seems fake how they have these oligarchs and ultra powerful people as though they really are caring about the masses and the, and the little guys. Here's something that I referenced earlier. Using blockchain to track and reduce emissions. A new effort uses distributed ledger technology, blockchain, to trace emissions across the value chain in the mining and metals industry. Called COT, a carbon tracing platform, the platform is the work of the World Economic Forum's Mining and Metals Blockchain Initiative, which was created to accelerate an industry solution for supply chain visibility and environmental and social and corporate governance requirements. Read the impact story here. That's a big, again, that's, if you could sum up what the Great Reset is all about, it's all about using technology in order to track, trace, and control the activities of all life on Earth with an aim, with an alleged aim to benefit the environment and reduce poverty. That's, that's the mission in a nutshell, right? But what we see is a lot of these power players, World Economic Forum, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation, they like to use this progressive face when in reality it's the same old oligarchical control paradigm, right? It's really a return to the old order. There's this great essay by Murray Rothbard called Left, Right, and the Prospects for Liberty. And in it, he talks about uh, the case for optimism for libertarians 
that we have come so far since the old order of feudalism, serfdom, despair, uh, monarchy, the divine right of kings. Back then, there was no hope for freedom, right? I mean, you had the Magna Carta and and these big advancements, but at the end of the day, the common man didn't have any hope. There was no free beacon that the United States purports to be or aims to be, and in some ways is. You know, someone in China, for example, or Hong Kong, they were rocking American flags and they were, uh, you know, donning all the idols from the American Revolution, American Revolutionary War, the Thomas Jeffersons, the Sam Adams, all that stuff, right? So, I mean, there is some hope. It's all been bastardized and and ruined and gutted, of course, a lot of it, but that essence of American independence and freedom still exists in some of us, I'd like to think. But back in the day, there was no America or no other country to look at and be like, wow, why can't we have that? Maybe we should fight for that, right? Um, and now we have an environment where you had the old order, control, top-down hierarchy, no hope, but the new world order is simply a return to the old order with technology. Does that make sense? You have the old order, the old way of doing things, feudalism, serfdom, control, despair, no hope, no mobility, no high standard of living for the masses, total control, no free markets, right? Mercantilism, top-down hierarchy. And then it's shifted with the classical liberal revolutions, the French, the English, the American Revolution, um, a lot of ideas were brought back from the Middle East too in the old school days, right? And then there's all these ideas like, wow, maybe people do have rights. Maybe this divine right of king thing is is dated. Uh, maybe we should be free to economically exchange with people for our own mutual benefit, right? Maybe this concept of a free market or of capitalism, maybe there's some merit to that, right? And then, of course, while there were these changes and there was these advancements, and while free markets and voluntary exchange did, in fact, lead to a lifting of the standard of living for the masses and those that filled the factories, there were still these elements of control and the old order and subservience that existed, right? And there's that quote, none are more hopelessly enslaved than those that falsely believe they are free, which is the paradigm that many in America find themselves in. But all throughout these same ruling class families, these same royal bloodlines literally maintained control over the masses, shifted into this false paradigm, this lie that through the democratic republic institution, we now have freedom because you get to vote for your rulers, right? When in reality, it's all chosen. And that's the paradigm that we're in now. But what we see is through technological advancements, they want to implement this great reset, this track and control and trace surveillance paradigm, and essentially bring us exactly back to the old order that we existed in before. But now there's just a bunch of robots, artificial intelligence, and drones flying, keeping us in check. Again, the old order is being repackaged and remarketed. It's not a new world order. There's nothing new about it except for the advancements in technology. It's being returned to the old way of doing things. And it's not cool, man. All right, let's talk about solutions for the last 30 minutes. I try to keep these podcasts to approximately one hour, and we're going to talk about some solutions and some awesome things that took place. You know, somebody here is, is riffing on Stephen Brooks right here. Stephen Brooks closed down our event. And I got to tell you, if you want to watch his speech, again, you can go to thegreaterreset.org, thegreaterreset.org. You can also check out the YouTube playlist. 
Uh, you can listen to the podcast version at livefreenow.show. But if you want to get straight to the video, you can go to thegreaterreset.org, day five community. And Stephen Brooks closed us down on that day. And his talk was like, I'm not really familiar with the guy. Derek and him are really close. Uh, Derek Bros is the one that asked him to speak. Derek's been to his Envision Festival in Costa Rica. And this dude, Stephen Brooks, man, he really hammered it home. And it was great. We still had another day, day six, bonus day of solutions. But ending the formal Greater Reset Conference with this guy, Stephen Brooks, I thought just fit absolutely perfectly. Uh, let me see if I can show you some of the stuff that he's doing. Because he's doing great work there in, in his Punta Mona eco-village and... Oh, it's just incredible. So he and his father started this eco village in Costa Rica. And apparently it's like completely embedded into the rainforest and there's very minimal development and they live in harmony with their surrounding ecosystem and they eat food. He's big on perennials. Like, look at this. This is the food that these guys are munching on. Look at all the beautiful colors. Isn't that amazing? And they're just getting it all from right around them. And they cook it in big groups and they all eat together. And it's just incredible. So he presented an alternative way of living, right? And, you know, it, this too is a return to indigenous cultures, to uh, a harmonious living situation with your fellow human beings, with your fellow animals, and with the earth. And we can all have this, right? That's something we wanted to present with The Greater Reset. We can live a life like this. We just have to make the decision, take massive action, and make it happen. And he talked. what he talked about was so, so deep. One of the big takeaways I had was he shared a story of this elder in in Costa Rica that he would link up with and they would all come over to dinner at his house. And he would serve dinner to a large group of people. And as they're eating the food, this elder would be sharing about each little item of food and each ingredient and who prepared it because they have such a closed loop system there, such a sustainable system, permaculture, that they know every single person that provided each item of food and is really cool. Then there's I've been involved in activism and the unschool community and the libertarian community and now this cool agorist, crypto voluntarist, freedom cell community. And there's always that big dream of living in an intentional community or building an eco village. And a lot of people just talk about it and hope for it. But what we wanted to present with this conference was was inspiration to make it happen. Even if it takes a year or six months or two to five years or whatever, you set your mind to something, you set your goals, and you make it happen. Uh, my lovely girlfriend, Rebecca Powers, opened the day. It was all about community, day five. Simultaneously, the Davos agenda was covering how centralization and globalization and global governance institutions can organize humans in a more managerial way. We're talking about how decentralization, eco-villages, uh, experimental forms of governance and social organization can emerge in this world. And we can really try some new cool things that honors people's unique individuality, their freedom of choice, freedom of association and individual sovereignty. And really, that's what it's all about. And Rebecca provided some really practical steps. So did Stephen. One of them was to set your criteria. So you're like, 
you're like me, uh, and we're going to do this this year. We're going to buy a plot of land. We're doing it this year, and we're slowly but surely going to start a community. We're going to invite people to come live with us in different settings and different formats. And so he said, set your criteria, set your ideal goals. His criteria was like, I want to be within walking distance to the ocean. I want to be in this particular part of Costa Rica. I want to be in a climate where I can lay on my stomach on a big giant rock and get baked in the sun. And then I can just roll over and slide into a pool of fresh water that I can drink. And he made that happen, right? And the, the thing is, it doesn't just have to be like, oh, wow, well, that was Stephen Brooks. This Stephen Brooks guy is really cool. I enjoy watching him. He's someone not like me. He's the, one of these doers that really is doing all sorts of cool stuff, right? But no, that's not what the message is. That's not what the mindset is. The mindset is, wow, if Stephen can do it, he seems like a regular guy. I can do it too. And that's the message we want to impart with the greater reset. So uh, let me just go over some of the tips that were shared. Uh, the sessions are still available. So again, you can go check it out at thegreaterreset.org, thegreaterreset.org. You can also find the playlist on my YouTube channel if you want to watch the whole three and a half hour thing. Really flowed well together. We had some cool transitions. Shout out Ramiro for producing. Shout out to all the volunteers who made all these really cool graphics and stuff. Look, here's one of them. Let me see. Never mind. So we started the week with uh, talks about the Agora and counter economy. So I'm just going to go review some of the tips and stuff that you guys can take. And then I'm going to share some strategies on how you can make this stuff happen. Because I'd like, I like to pride myself in getting things done with my business, with family, with goals, with the Freedom Cell Network really been cranking on all gears when it comes to massive action and productivity. And so I want to share some of those tips and advice that I have for you to accomplish your goals. Doesn't have to be exactly like me. There's a methodology that you can engage in that will make it more likely for you to accomplish your goals and live your ideal life. And the more of us that do that, it'll have this reverberating effect. We'll all be feeding off of each other's energy. We'll all be getting advice from one another. And just like with the freedom cell concept, the health of the cell informs the health of the body and the health of the overall body informs the health of the overall cell. So imagine us, we free people, we agorists coming together. We're all just little individual cells and we're all working together. And when we work together and when we put our minds to the same goal and the same end, right? It doesn't have to be the same individual goal, but the same end, which is creating a better, more decentralized, more free world for our posterity to enjoy. When we put ourselves together, we turn into this hive mind and really the sky is the limit, right? They have their hive mind with the World Economic Forum and all these powerful world leaders and President Xi of the Communist Chinese Party. We can have our hive mind of all these powerful, beautiful, free human beings doing really cool shit, changing the world for the better. All right. So day one was all about the Agora. The Agora being the open air market, right? This Greek term. And we were mainly talking about the context of agorism, revolutionary market anarchism, the idea that we should not compete within governments. We should compete with governments, with alternative institutions, alternative economies, trade, entrepreneurship. We started off with Rosa Corey, who gave a really great expose on Agenda 21 and the Great Reset. But then we got into a speech for myself and Derek Bros. I talked about a lot of stuff that I'm talking about to you on this podcast. Derek Bros talked about the concept of exiting and building, not focusing on the problem, but exiting the system and building new systems. Very beautiful thing. We had a panel 
with Sal the Agorist, salagorist.com, and our good friend Mike Swatak, who does agorist.market. This was all about practical steps that people can take in order to engage in the counter economy, those activities, those markets, those economic activities that defy and evade the state. And it was really practical in real world, like small first steps, get out there, build these networks, build these markets, uh, list your business, your service, start a side hustle. Don't let the man know about it. Keep your money, keep your wealth. The more that we create these communities of trade and support for one another, the easier it makes it for us to opt out of the main state institutions. And we want to opt out anyway, but now there's all this pressure to opt out because there's talk of if you don't get the vaccine, then you can't travel. If you don't get the COVID vaccine, then you can't work here. If you don't get the COVID vaccine, maybe you can't go into this shopping mall or this grocery store. And we want to create an environment where it's like, you know what? We don't want to do that stuff anyway. We're doing this stuff over here. We're going to the local farmer's market. Oh, local farmer's market requires a mask. Well, why don't we start our own farmer's market or swap meet or trade or whatever. And we're engaging in voluntary exchange and it's a very beautiful thing. Now, next we had this guy, Charles Eisenstein talk. And he is, I guess you could describe him as an anti-capitalist. He talks a lot about the gift economy and giving, which is a very beautiful thing. I'm a market guy and I like capitalism personally. I don't like crony capitalism or cartel capitalism, but I do like running a business. I invest my capital to buy capital goods, equipment, machinery. I pay staff. I buy bulk kratom, package that kratom, sell that kratom. I make a profit. I'm motivated by helping people, but I'm also motivated by profit. Very beautiful thing. Nothing wrong with that. He, you know, there were some controversial topics that were discussed uh, throughout the event. And I think it's a good thing that we aren't all on the same page. That would be very boring. There's a bunch of different people that have different perspectives. And one of those different perspectives, one of the things that Eisenstein brought up was the concept of universal basic income which is something that's being leveraged by the Great Reset. Uh, and they're going to want to do it in a control paradigm, issue currency through a central bank digital currency. And then when people step out of line and they don't obey what it is that you want them to do as good little citizens or their social credit score goes down, then you can turn off their payments or they're not going to get access to this, that, or the other. He didn't bring up UBI in that concept context, obviously. But I'm not a fan of UBI in general in large part because I like the motivating factor of, you know, in order to engage in an economic transaction, you have to provide value to your fellow human beings, right? Now, mind you, I would like to see federal lands and all of this centralized control over land and property um, allow people to homestead stuff, right? Like all the federal property and land, especially. And, if someone could just go live off the land and do things just living in harmony, like roving tribes or hunter-gatherers, or the way things were in this country before the colonials came along, then you don't really necessarily need a whole lot of money. Uh, you can barter, you can trade, you can do gift economy, right? You don't need a whole lot of money in order to jive. So I would like for people to just be able to live, but I don't think that there's a lot of merit in people just simply being provided for. And oftentimes with universal basic income, that money has to come from somewhere. And more, more often than not, it comes from someone's pocket. 
But those ideas were brought up, right? But again, it wasn't brought up in the context of the Great Reset or let's use universal basic income to control. And this guy, Charles Eisenstein, really brought up a different perspective that was very unique and very different from the perspective that was just presented by Sal and Mike, which was a counter-economic, agorist, entrepreneurial, very much market-driven, profit-motivated perspective. So that was pretty cool. And then we close down with James Corbett, who's a huge deal. Uh, James Corbett of the Corbett Report, and he talked about the power of alternative currencies and gave some really practical reasons and ideas as to why people should be prepared, not just with cryptocurrency, gold, silver, and barter economies and creating these networks. It's really important that we do the work now, folks, because things are only going to get more crazy and more treacherous. Um, all right, I'm not going to go over each one of these individual speeches, but uh, there was a lot of great content that came out, a lot of spiritual content. People were really excited to hear from Dolores Cahill, founder of the World Freedom Alliance and Freedom Airway. This is this really this this is the mindset that I hope more people will embody. It's like we can either freak out and share articles about the plan to control people and force them to take a vaccine if they're going to travel. Right. So two different tracks you can take. You can choose which one you want to take. One is victim, afraid, fear, sad, depressed about it all. I can't fly. I'm not going to be able to visit my family, so on and so forth. The other is, hey, man, why don't we just form our own airline? Or in my mindset, I'm like, well, shoot, I don't want to have to try. I don't have to do a test or take a vaccine to fly or travel. So I need to double down on my entrepreneurial endeavors so I can fly private, right? Or I can go in with some people in the community and we can purchase an RV and travel across North America with that, right? It's, it's all about mindset. Are you going to go victim or are you going to go empowerment, right? You have a problem. You can focus on the problem or you can say, okay, we have a problem. Now, what is the solution? And that's what really what it's all about. And I think Dolores Cahill just really embodied that in a very beautiful way. So that was super cool. Oh, uh, we had Laney Liberty talk about unschooling and partnership parenting and the idea that we should uh, have more freedom in our parenting and our relationship with our children and not be confined to a government school, rather go explore the earth and explore the world and see all the beauty and value that's out there. Uh, that day was all about education and all about um education and alternatives to education and health and natural health and spiritual health. You know, day three was probably one of my favorite days. This day was all about homesteading and getting in line with nature. And again, we have concerns about environmental problems and food supply chains. And I just saw this picture of like peaches or something. And it goes from some South American country all the way to like Thailand to get packaged, grown in this South American country, packaged in Thailand. So it's like, whoop flies over or takes a ship all the way over. Then it comes back to the United States for sales, sell in a grocery store. And you compare that to what Stephen Brooks was talking about, where the guy can sit down at the dinner table and he can just go ahead and tell you where each little item of food came from. Wow. That's super cool. And so it's all about the World Economic Forum and the Davos class. They want to better the environment. They say they want to better the environment. I don't even think this would better the environment by limiting carbon and creating these new economies and cap and trade, carbon tax and blockchain technology, tracking and controlling everything. And we're like, hey, we want to benefit the environment as well, but do it through regenerative agriculture and through permaculture, right? Permanent culture, these resilient, interconnected systems that we tap into, which is really just the natural way. This is the way. And so that's really what Wednesday was all about. We did this awesome panel 
where Marjorie Wildcraft at the Grow Network, Christian Westbrook, Ice Age Farmer, and Jack Spierko all talk about the basics of getting started with the homestead. And really, if you want some action items and some, some to-dos, if you have not yet started a garden in your backyard or linked up with the local permaculture community or started participating in a community-supported agriculture program, this is an absolute must. Eating and food is absolutely foundational. There was some controversy that came out of that day as well because they all talked about livestock and eating food. And one thing like Marjorie would say that even if she wasn't a meat eater, she would still have rabbits because there's a harmonious relationship between animals and plants and animals and the environment, right? And animals and the ecosystem. And it's the animals that eat food or animals that eat other animals. And then in their feces, there's all sorts of nutrients that really creates a beautiful cycle of life that enriches the soil and enriches the plants and, and it helps improve the ecosystem in a very interconnected way, right? And so there's all these people like, we shouldn't do livestock, so on and so forth. But I know for a fact that the way that Marjorie and Christian and Jack raise this food is a way that honors the animals. And then there was a lot of debate in the chat uh, because a lot of vegan folks came out and were like really upset about this. And they were even like, I was going to watch The Greater Reset, but then you guys started talking about eating animals and that's where you lost me. And the hope is, again, like I didn't agree with everything this Eisenstein guy had to say, but I appreciated his perspective and I honored his unique choices in life and his perspective that he wanted to present. We don't all have to agree on the same thing. And if a lot of vegan po folks are pretty militant when it comes to stuff, you know, and I, I understand the point where it's like, how are you going to honor an animal if you're eating it? But at the same time, there's a cycle of life that we can tap into that's completely natural and organic. And these animals like chickens, I used to have a chicken farm with 120 chickens. These freaking things were replicating themselves like crazy. And they had a life cycle of like three to four years. And I think that they don't have that unique individuality or those mental faculties, that consciousness that human beings have. And so perhaps what might be more important to this species is a carrying on of the species, survival of the species, as opposed to each individual is going to go and have their own unique life where they're going to take on hobbies and, and so on and so forth, right? And they have the babies and they may heat the eggs so they can hatch. But then after that, the, they're keeping the babies safe, but they're not super bonded to them and they just go on and do their own things is what I observed. Right. So that's just my thinking. There was a whole vegan thing, but here's the cool thing on day three, we had three meat eaters talk about growing food and talk about livestock. And then on day six, the bonus day, we had a dude give a presentation all about veganism and he was pretty, pretty strong with his position that we shouldn't eat animals. And that's again, that's the beautiful thing. This is something that I focused on my activism this is something that Derek Bros has taken to a whole another level. It's like we're trying to bring in a bunch of diverse viewpoints. We all agree on the same thing that we can do better, that we ought to shift the course of history and change the trajectory from control and nationalism and terrorism and harmful coercion to free association, voluntary association, really cool projects, getting in tune with the land and in tune with our fellow human beings, all that good stuff. So uh, that was some of the insights that I had that just this diverging viewpoints is a good thing. And if someone can be mature about it and not like just insist that everything goes their way, then, you know, we can jam together even if we don't agree with each other. Day four was all about technology. And day four was a day that I took a lot of takeaways from. And one of them was I need to migrate away from Gmail. So I'm setting up 
Templar, the C Templar, or something like that. I'm setting up Proton Mail. I already got Proton Mail set up, and I'm just going to move away from Gmail as my main provider and move towards an encrypted email for my communication with clients and just an everyday life, right? And I have like John Bush at LibFreeNow.show, and I have John Bush at MyBraveBotanicals.com that I use for those entities. And so I'm going to migrate them all over to the Proton Mail, and it's going to be a very beautiful thing. And Google's can take it and shove it, right? So there was a great talk. I invite you to check out. Um, dance like nobody is watching, but encrypt like everyone is. Data privacy and ownership tools 101. This is my friend Matt McKibben, Decentranet D10E conference. He did a really good job and he gave some great practical tools and tips and had a great presentation. We also heard from some folks that are presenting some pretty new, fresh, innovative technology that will help overcome censorship. Really, that was a big theme throughout the day. We talked to Kingsley Edwards of Float, which is an alternative social media site, aims to be similar to Facebook, but it's all crypto anarchists and voluntarists, and they they eventually have plans to decentralize the technology so it can't be shut down with a centralized server. We heard from Jerry Jeremy Kaufman we talked about earlier, library. And again, you can watch all these videos on Odyssey, which is a, uh, a front website where you can access the library blockchain very cool. You can't take the videos down. You can't censor them. It's immutable, the blockchain, which means it can't be changed. This is really important stuff as we enter this hardcore age of tyranny and censorship. And then we heard from Brady Glassier, Brady Glassier of the D-Web. Now, D-Web is super important. It stands for decentralized web or distributed web. And this is a technology that wants to move away from the internet as we know it or HTML or HTTP and connecting to websites as we know it through centralized servers, through DNS, right? And move towards this distributed decentralized way, kind of like BitTorrent, right? Or Torrent where the different pieces of a file are pulled from all sorts of different computers so you can't shut one person down. That's what websites will be hosted on all sorts of different distributed decentralized servers, much like cryptocurrency and Bitcoin you have with the blockchain and all the information is spread out, right? So even if you shut down this guy and that guy, there's still thousands tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of other people hosting the blockchain information. It will continue on. This is the future. People, again, we have that same paradigm that I want to present a dichotomy. We can complain. Twitter just censored my favorite guy and Twitter censored this and Twitter censored the president of the United States and Twitter that and Facebook this and I got banned for 30 days, this, that and the other. Wah, 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 right? Or I'm going to go to another centralized platform like Parler that got shot down by Amazon. Or we can say, where are the blockchain decentralized sensorless technologies? What can I do to join them and how can I promote them? And that's what the future is. And again, this is the dichotomy. This is the paradigm shift that I want to encourage people to engage in away from whining, victim mentality and towards empowerment and solutions. And that's really what it was all about. So day five, we talked about community. I already shared a lot about that. And then we had a bonus day, day six, which was super cool. It was really cool to see Foster Gamble talk. Uh, Foster Gamble is of the Thrive documentary series. If you want to watch those documentaries, there is a, a affiliate link you can use. You can use it through libfreenow.show if you want, or you can go to the Greater Reset, support our work and use the link there. Really awesome, professionally well done, thorough documentary that centers on the problem and understanding it on a foundational way, uh, the radical way, the essence of the problem, which is tyranny, control, and coercion, limiting people's access to technology that can 
enable an environment where we can all thrive, right? And then they really lay out some serious solutions when it comes to money and banking and social governance and voluntarism. And it was really cool to have this big thinker, big doer, Foster Gamble, go in and examine our work at the Greater Reset. And he presented this slide that compared how the Greater Reset is dealing with things and how the Great Reset is dealing with things. And theirs is all about top-down control, surveillance technology. All, ours is all about freedom, permaculture, unleashing the beauty of the human spirit. Man, it's a very beautiful thing. So that's just an overview of what took place. If you haven't seen it, let me hear in the comments who all tapped in and tuned into the Greater Reset. Let me know what your favorite talks were. Let me know what interested you. So go ahead and lay it on me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm also checking the Greater Reset chat. We have 876 members in the Greater Reset chat on Telegram. Shout out to Cohen. Yep, Cohen. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Cohen, yep, Cohen's blasting some comments there. Again, let me know if you watched and what your favorite uh, speech was. Okay, we're at an hour now. So let me just give you some tips, right? So there was all sorts of stuff that we learned during the Greater Reset. There was so many takeaways and opportunities for action items, okay? So let me just give you a little insight and advice on, on how I plot and plan and engage and do cool stuff. So it all starts with, it all starts with a purpose and a why, right? So the why, the purpose really is your why. It's like, what am I on this earth to do? What am I passionate about? What lights my heart on fire, right? So for me, one of my passions is helping people, right? Helping people with Kratom and CBD plant medicine. That's really important. That's my main income right now. It's a very beautiful thing. I love doing that. And I also like talking to people, and I think I have a talent for communication and for imparting complex ideas and for inspiring people, right, and and communicating in a way that reaches people. So that's really what I'm passionate about. And then finally, I'm super passionate about my kids and my lovely girlfriend. Um, my kids just are such a strong why and motivator for me to succeed financially so I can give them an amazing life. So I lived in poverty when I had the kiddos for a few years and I committed to never living in poverty again, which is why I'm so like hardcore with my business and I'm always working. And besides chilling with my girlfriend, catching some documentaries or some Netflix in the evenings or playing with my kids at the arcade or whatever, it's like I'm freaking working and I'm hustling. And that's what it's all about because I'm, I've, aligned with my purpose. I'm living my purpose right now. The greater reset was my purpose. My business is my purpose, right? Spending quality time with my kids is my purpose and broadcasting this transmission right now is my purpose. I've aligned with my purpose. So I encourage you to figure out what that purpose is. Maybe you already know, maybe there's a few things. It doesn't have to be just one thing. It doesn't have to be some concrete thing, right? This is like a fluid living thing. But if you don't know that purpose, then meditate on it. What brings your heart joy? You know, I, I like to think of things in terms of means to an end, right? The means are the actions, or activities, thinking, or whatever that brings about the end. The end is the goal in mind, right? So the Freedom Cell Network is a means to an end of a free society. The Greater Reset is a means to an end of activating people towards that goal of a free society, a better world, right? Um, so what, is, what, is, what, what do you work towards in life, right? And if 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 you're like just starting to break out of that category I defined earlier of the masses where you kind of just go along to get along. Like you're free to have whatever end you want. But if your end is Friday night going to the club and getting drunk and trying to pick up chicks, 
you know, that's cool. If you're happy, by all means, you have every right to be that, do that life. But I want to encourage you, there's much greater things out there for you, right? Or maybe, you know, if your end is like, I'm going to make manager at the breadbasket or whatever, that's cool, you know? But I want us all to realize our true potential. We are so much more than partying at night, trying to pick up chicks, than barbecuing and watching the football game. I mean, that's great. Unwind, relax, connect, family, cool, right? I should probably spend more time watching sports with my family and relaxing and tapping out, but I'm so passionate and driven, you know? We are destined for greatness if we just realize and tap into that, okay? So step one is align with your purpose. Figure out your purpose, your why. Align with your purpose. Step two is to come up with goals, right? And you can have like this meta purpose, this meta end of like having this harmonious, thriving life with beautiful relationships with your family and your children and having an eco-village community's huge ends, right? That's a lot of what a lot of people are striving towards. Then there's like sub-purposes and sub-goals, Okay. So goals are super important because they give you something to hold yourself accountable to. And if you have a group or a freedom cell, they give you something to hold one another accountable to, right? They give you something to strive towards and to meditate on and to put in your mind's eye to vision, to see. So perhaps you enjoyed day four like myself and you were thinking like, wow, what am I doing still using Google? Sure, it's convenient and it's good technology, but it's tracking and tracing and controlling all sorts of aspects of my life. And they probably have this really sophisticated profile and they may know me better than I know myself. I need to move away from this. Plus I'm talking to people about business and all this stuff and cryptocurrency. I need to be encrypted. I need privacy in my life. That was a big takeaway for me. So it's like, okay, what's my goal? Okay, I'm going to start, I'm going to take stock of all the centralized things that I'm on. Gmail is the obvious one. And I'm going, a goal, set up ProtonMail. Done. Did it last night. Right? So, okay, maybe you're like, you know, I have this big backyard. Me and the wife decided we want to get a half acre property. We kicked over an extra 50K for our mortgage on the mortgage so we could get this half acre property, but we haven't started gardening. Man, really something that Jack Spearco spoke to me about when he talked was about the aquaculture and how much protein we can get from fish while simultaneously providing nutrients for the plants and this aquaponic system. Oh, okay. So my goal is I'm going to build an aquaponic system. Right. Or maybe when you listen to Lainey Liberty on Tuesday and she talked about unschooling and partnership parenting, it struck a nerve because you feel so guilty that you still have your children in government school, knowing that it's an indoctrination center, knowing that it's part of this John Taylor Gatto dumbing us down nonsense that isn't good for anyone. Right. And if you do have your kids in public school and government school, I just want to like I understand everyone has their own unique situation in life. But if you, if you, you can, I'm not going to say if you can't get them out of government school, you can, if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything like Doc Emmett Brown said in Back to the Future. But if they are in public school and you're not going to take them out now or anytime soon, just make sure you impart some serious critical thinking skills. And that starts with allowing them to challenge and question you because you don't want to be the parent that's like, you need to be challenging your teachers. When they say this, you need to think critically and not just take what they say as at surface value as a fact, right? But do as I say, because I said so. There's an inconsistency there, really. And the consistency thing is important, right? If you can align with your highest purpose and your ideal self, then you can establish mindfulness practices. You can tap into the inconsistency and that little bit of yucky feeling you feel whenever you engage in behaviors that's not consistent with your ideal self. It's a very beautiful tactic and strategy. 
So maybe you resonated with what Laney Liberty had to say, and now you have that feeling of, oh, my kids are still in government school. I've been meaning to take them out. I just can't do it. Oh, oh, oh. So then your goal is, I'm going to take my kids out of public school. You set a goal. Okay. Now let me show you something. Let me see if I can pull this up real quick. It's going to be on drive if I pull it up. Oh, boy. Uh, whatever. I'll pull it up. So this is a strategic plan. I wonder if it has anything sensitive because I'm just doing this on live. I, I, was, I thought about doing this before. But uh, let me just show you the format real quick. Okay, okay, okay. So what I wanna encourage you to do is come up with a strategic plan. And the strategic plan has a hierarchy of goals. Well, first it has a mission and a value, mission and a vision. So Stephen Covey talks about having personal mission statements. I've meditated on one, but I've never written it down. This isn't that I need to do. You come up with a personal mission statement, you come up with a business, business mission statement, you come up with a family mission statement that y'all come to together, right? Like our mission statement is to, to speak to one another with compassion, to engage in activities that bring us closer together, and to do so while challenging our core beliefs as a family unit and to try to strive towards um, equality amongst the family, but recognizing the parents are the leaders or something like that. I don't know, whatever. So you come up with a mission statement, a vision statement, and all the goals feed into the mission. And the idea is like, if you accomplish all your goals through your life's work, then you've fulfilled the vision. The vision is like, where do we want to go? What do we want life to be like? Right. And the mission is like, how are you going to get there? Action items to do. We're going to we're going to do this, that, and the other in order to accomplish our vision. Then you have these goals. Underneath each goal, you have an objective, multiple objectives. Underneath each objective, you have multiple action items. It's actually something I learned from my ex-wife. It's pretty brilliant. She went, to, she got her master's degree in planning and nonprofit management and stuff. So the idea is you accomplish the action items. Maybe there's five, six action items, two or three. And in, in accomplishing those action items, you've completed the objective. Once you've accomplished all the action items and completed all the objectives, you should have fulfilled your goal. Let me show you what this looks like a little bit. This was a uh, strategic plan. And yes, this is Google Drive. I know I just said I'm moving away from it. I've been using CryptPad, CryptPad.fr as an alternative. So as you can see, we have the goals, right? And then you have a person that leads it. You have a completion date. And so the objective was to restructure the, bo the board. Here's some action items. Objective, hire an executive director. Here's some action items. Objective, set up bank accounts and PayPal. Here's some action items. You see how that works? And there's a hierarchy. Goal, enhance marketing public relations. Objective, content graphic designers revamp. Here's all the action items, okay? And so the idea is you come up with this plan, you put it on paper and you stick to it. You can be fluid, it can change, right? You don't have to go that far. That's pretty sophisticated stuff. But if you have a business or if you have big plans, like vision, so let's say you want to do an intentional community like we all do, right? Vision. We vision a, a physical space where 12 human beings live together with mutual respect on an equal footing, co-owning the land, growing their own food, educating the children, and engaging in entrepreneurial ventures on site. That's the vision. That's where you want to go, right? And the mission is... By bringing six families together and growing our own food and building a schoolhouse, the Robinson Eco Village will live a harmonious life and have a great time enjoying each other's company, whatever. All right, so you have a vision, objective, vision, mission, and then goal. Okay, we're starting to do this. Okay, the first goal is 
find people to do this with. So an objective. Okay, come up with a list of people that we blah, 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 right? Okay, goal. Determine which part of town we want this, determine what county we want to be in. Objective. Evaluate the different zoning and building codes in each county. Action item. Go to the county website or hire an expert or do this, that, or the other, right? You, see, you catch my drift, right? So this is what you can do. Or you just really hone in on those goals, lay out the goal, pull my kid out of public school, right? And But, you know, you got to, like, what are we going to do to make that happen? You can't just be like, I'm, I'm, my goal is to pull my kid out of public school. And that's all you do, right? Although that's better than doing nothing. But it's like, goal, pull your kid out of public school. Objective, find a school to put them in. Action item, research the schools, create a list, meet the schools, interview the teacher, blah, 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 right? Or pull your kid out of public school. Objective, consider a homeschooling cooperative, blah, blah, blah. This is, this is, this is what I do in my mind. It's had great success for me. Focus on those goals. But you can't just lay out the goal and you can't just meditate on them. You got to take massive action. You got to be so freaking committed to these goals and to live in your ideal life that nothing will get in your way. And when you believe in yourself, right? Because so many people are just stuck in this victim mentality and they don't have the confidence necessary and needed in order to bring about change in their lives. And they carry out a program, a program that's been imparted on them by their parents, by their employer, by society. And it's like, I can't possibly do that. That's not for me. That's for the rich people. Only a rich person could buy property with his friends. I don't have any money. I have a part-time job. What am I doing? Uh, blah, blah. And you're like this. And you're like, your physiological body is like this. Uh, blah, 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 you know? But it's, it's not. It's like step up, puff your chest out, feel good about yourself, and know that even if historically you haven't been top dog, ass-kicking, badass mother now is the time for you to step into that because we all have that capability. We just need to realize it, understand it, accept it, commit to it, make a decision that we're going to be a freaking badass in life and get shit done. Take massive action. Line out your goals, focus and meditate on them. Okay? So we just did six days of some really, really cool stuff. You can find it at thegreaterreset.org. Thegreaterreset.org. You can watch all the replays. There was so much wisdom imparted. There were so many practical action items and strategies imparted that you can embark on. But you got to have the mindset of a champion and a badass. You got to come up with a plan. You got to align with your purpose, align with your why, focus on that, meditate on that, picture it in your head what life will be like when you have accomplished your goals and you've aligned with your highest self. Right. Then you come up with goals, write them down, write them down every morning. Look at them every morning. Oh, there they are. Write the goals down as though they've been accomplished. Right. Here's one that I do. And I, I don't do it. Right. I'm not perfect. One of my goals was I exercise every day. Right. I need to write my goals down every morning. I have goals written down, but I don't write them down every morning. That's a tip Grant Cardone gives. And then the, the phenomenon that would take place is like I exercise every day. You write that goal down and you're like, shit, I didn't exercise yesterday. You read the goals before you write them down again before bed. I exercise every day. Like, Shit, I didn't exercise every day. And it's honing in on that discomfort that you feel sometimes when you're not in tune or in line with what you want to do, what you want to be. It's that discomfort that can be a motivator for action. 
Okay. All right. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Live Free Now show, bringing you the news, views, tips, and tools you can use to live free, prosperous, and healthy life. We just rocked out the Greater Reset. Beverly Allen says, husband and I love the Greater Reset. Thank you guys for all the amazing content. We love the solutions focused and felt so empowered after watching. We'll definitely be re-watching some of the talks and sharing them with our friends. I want to share. Thank you so much, Beverly. That's I'm I'm so glad that's exactly what we are aiming for. And those are the type of comments that really light our heart on fire. And really, that's what it's all about. And that's why we do what we do. I wanted to share one more comment from you from uh, from a listener. This is this one's super powerful. Hi, John. J this is what it's all about, right? This is like what lights me on fire and Derek on fire. And this is why we do what we do. Hi, John. I just wanted to thank you and Derek for your work. Since watching The Greater Reset, I have crypto wallets, bought silver, had my mom roll over her IRA into a gold IRA, although I'd recommend physical bullion, posted on Agris Market, joined and took course on Marjorie's Growth Network, joined Freedom Cells, became a meter member of Freedom Airways, made your first barter trade, seeds for tutoring, and prepared my first bucket of compost. I've been thinking for a while now that it's time for less talking and bullshitting and time for more solutions. And shortly thereafter, I saw the post for The Greater Reset. My mom and I watched every day. So grateful for the work you and Derek do for organizing it all. Thank you. Oh, wow. How powerful. Jeez. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in once again. Again, you can find all the content at thegreaterreset.org, thegreaterreset.org. If you'd like to try some Kratom, this stuff helps with stress, anxiety. It helps me take massive action. And when my brain starts getting a little cloudy, I'll drink some around 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, sharpens my focus, keeps me going. I'm feeling overwhelmed with life. It's like I'm drinking some right now. I sip. You can go to freeounceofkratom.com, freeouncekratom.com to try free ounce. You can try Delta 8 gummies, Delta 8 flour, Delta 8 vape, Delta 8 THC. It's great. Legal federally, although I can't ship to 11 states. Hopefully that's not one of the states you live in. Hopefully you live in the other 39. That's mybravebotanicals.com, freeouncekratom.com. Okay, check us out at LiveFreeNow.show. And again, you can catch all of the content from the Greater Reset Activation. We're going to be doing another one in April and then probably another one in May. Got to check it out. We're changing the world and we want you to change the world with us. You can go to TheGreaterReset.org. All right, this is John Bush signing out. Peace and freedom. Thank you so much for tuning in.